Good morning, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your morning, my as usual, Aiden. How did everyone, Arsenal, Dickon, Newcastle, at St. James's Park, you know, a, a fixture that still haunted me last season. You know, this goes to be good in top four and suddenly, you know, um, you you get battered by Newcastle, but, you know, roll around almost a year later, you know, you compare us and Spurs, you know, they're the ones that got the Champions League spot and we had to yeah. sit out and be disappointed. It's kind of chalk and cheese now between the two different teams at the moment. Yeah, and I mean, with us not travelling up north, uh, I think both teams now, of course, I think Arsenal knowing that uh, I think a win may also lock in the second spot, like in general. Um, and then, of course, uh, Newcastle also got uh, Champions League qualification still high on their agenda. And I mean, they also right in the mix with the top four scrap. Um, also, going to the game with uh, one change, Martinelli back in for Trossard. Um, personally, in my opinion, I felt actually quite hard done by for, for Trossard because. Yes, well. I, I really thought he deserved to keep his spot. I think other way, other place or other spot in the team could have been maybe moved around. But I just think, I mean, for me, it doesn't also send a good signal sometimes when you do stuff like that. When, not like you're doing things right, but you're still going to have to sacrifice your place. Yeah, I know. And, and what, like, I mean, you can picture a guy like Trossard probably, you know, leaving maybe next season, the end of next season, if we'll continue that way, because... I mean, you should be playing week in, week out, you know, and you never know a team like Newcastle might come in or something for him, a team that's, you know, has good aspirations because, I mean, he's actually one of our better players, you know, and you can call on him no matter who your position is, you know, he puts his hand up and doesn't shy away from anything. And I think one thing that actually excites me when I see Trossard, you know, people in that uh, that sort of frame of mind also, like, you just know he was chomping at the bit to be at the big club. So that's like one stage in his career. And then, of course, you want to see him also on the big stage in the Champions League and how he's going to, you know, come up against teams there again. And, I mean, you need that. that look, you and I was talking about it, or you mentioning it always a lot about him, as about he's just a, a sense of unpredictability when he's on the pitch. Like, you don't know what to expect. And especially, I think, in Europe, is going to come in, you know, very, very handy. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think he just doesn't have that fear... In him, you know, he, he can be playing Man City, he can be playing Brentford, he can be playing, you know, whoever. And he will just ask for the ball and still do his thing like he's playing against, you know, there's no expectation on his shoulders when he plays. He just, like you said, he just does his business. And I think, you know, he should be getting more more full 90 minutes, you know, in games. Yeah. So also get the game underway. And then second minute, I mean, lightning fast start on Newcastle because... Uh, Willock ends up pinging a ball to uh, Murphy, uh, and the winger ends up controlling the ball. Has a shot at goal. The shot beats Ramsdale, but cannons off the post and belted out to safety. So, I mean, talk about the early warning shot for Arsenal. Yeah, no, I was stunned actually. Um, the way that game went, I was I was stressed quite a bit, and the crowd was rocking. And I thought, <laughs> you know, is this is this where the title, you know, finally gets just closed? Because just the way they started, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and I mean, look, uh, look, I knew already, by, by especially our standards these days, it's almost like the, st- the the first like five minutes or so always looks very sluggish. But I mean, now with you saying now, with the with the home crowd rocking and that, and I mean, we knew we we're gonna be, you know, having to weather a storm and uh, magpie storm. And but fifth minute, Newcastle again looks scary with the high press and Arsenal like almost like near struggling to get out of their own half. Then seventh minute, Gimarish ends up blasting a shot at goal. 
Adit Kivio, I mean, the ref ends up blowing for a penalty in Newcastle. Uh, of course, you know, overjoyed in that. And then, of course, the VAR contacts the ref and tells him to consult the monitor, the VAR monitor to, you know, double check. Yeah, no penalty. I was relieved because I, I was like, oh, in my mouth. And I, I couldn't believe what was going on. Like, I was just, I was like, yeah, flip, man. This is, this is the way it goes now because... You know, City winning the day before, making it a four-point gap, and I just felt that, you know, we needed to get the result, but, I mean, to to, to give away a so-called penalty early, and then, you know, VAR saying no penalty. One was really stressed out afterwards and thinking to myself, we need to find ourselves to get back into this game. Then, I mean, like, for me also, what happened, and also said out there, like, you know, it was like 10 minutes when that decision was officially made, and as, as um, upbeat as the home crowd was, the minute that Chris Kavanaugh, you know, gestured that uh, it's no penalty, it was almost like something that took the wind kind of out of the sails of the home crowd because, I mean, they were buying almost like for blood and that, but, I mean, you could see that, that intensity that you were not talking about to rock that stadium, it kind of, you know, dropped a few degrees in temperature, you know, like with that. And then come 14th minute, Saka ends up feeding Jorginho, who in turn ends up uh, playing in Odegaard, and then the skipper from about 20 yards out pulls the trigger, the ball goes through two players' legs, and pass Nick Pope in goal and also go one up. Yeah, it was an excellent, excellent goal. And, and I mean, he did something similar against Spurs also. So he does have a, a good range in his shooting. But yeah. what I like about him as well, he, he, like, I'm not comparing him to the same player, but he reminds me that Cesc Fabregas is type midfielder where, you know, he's, he's getting goals from midfield, he rallies the troops, and also, you know, he has an eye for a very good pass. And he also, not afraid to get stuck in and get dirty as well if he needs to you know, be on the ground, sliding, tackling, tracking back. So, you know, he became, I think, he was a joint top scorer now, you know, for, yeah. from the midfield, which you know, we've been craving for as well. You know, 15 goals is, is no, uh, no, no, thing something to be um, scoffed at, especially from your from attacking midfield. Yeah. The 20th minute, Odegaard slips through Martinelli with a fantastic through ball. The Brazilian shot is inside by Nick Pope in goal. Also win the rebound again and, you know, uh, almost like uh, uh, reset the whole move again. Odegaard ends up letting fly as Pope again palms away and Arsenal looking more ominous now. Yeah, no, he's not taking control of the game, but for me, Arsenal just wanted that second goal. Almost yeah. as that, you know, insurance or like, you know, to make sure that it's, it's, it's you know, you left something to hold. But, you know, the game was kind of going was up and down and, and, and you know, you shoot, I shoot, but also, also trying to nullify Newcastle's pressing also, even though I had some, you know, heart in my mouth moments when, when the way we were just pinging the ball sometimes so casually when they were even in close to our box. Then uh, 24th minute, Martinelli, this time again, he was provided, ends up feeding, the, again, a fantastic through ball. And I mean, there's someone like Arsenal just carving through the Newcastle midfield. Uh, the ball ends up going to the Arsenal talisman. He ends up get, getting into the box. But, I mean, I just thought he should have picked his spot. But he ends up taking a shot, or like snapping his shot. And he ends up hitting Nick Pope on the shoulder. He doesn't really know about it, but he makes a save. Yeah, no, that should have also been a golden opportunity to make it 2-0. But, you know, Newcastle was making it quite easy for us. Yeah. Then 28th minute, Warlock ends up getting free into the Arsenal box. He gets his shot off, but Ramsdale makes a fantastic save. Yeah, I know it was like, you know, you save, I save, you save, I save. And I was just, what, you know, Newcastle might 
takes one shot and the ball finds its way in the back of the net. Then uh, 29th minute uh, in the Newcastle attack, across from the right ends up coming towards Ramsdale. He ends up, you know, kind of, he fumbles the ball and I mean the ball gets ahead of, uh, I don't know who it was, somebody ends up in the, just cannoning the ball over the bar, but I mean it could have been also quite dangerous. Yeah, I know, but wasn't that the way? I mean, it could have, should have been a foul in my opinion, but it didn't get, give it, it clattered into him. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was that, yeah. I think I believe it was that. Then, uh, uh, what was it, 43rd minute, Gimarez ends up raking Saka across the calf for the studs. No action taken by the ref. Yeah, I know, the, the ref was quite lenient, though. Like, he was consistent. Like, he should have booked certain teams for both challenges, but, you know, um, you know, he let lots of things go, so he never just booked the one and not booked the other. It was kind of, you know, even the way he did things. Yeah, I mean, I think he was, as you said, now trying to let the game flow, but I mean, he was like, it was like so slowly, until he was not trying to rein in the game, that, that, that nastiness was starting to, you know, really yeah. match, you know, like, because I think both, both teams now knew what they were playing for. I mean, Newcastle won that, that Champions League qualification. Also wanted to keep the as you said, not keep the heat on, on Man City. So I think it the was up in the end. Uh, then 47 minute Martinelli plays in Odegaard. The skipper ends up, you know, almost like panicked and smashes the ball against Pope. And I think cool it was needed there to finish. Yeah, to open up his foot or something like yeah. that, you know. And get away to two no, I mean I remember the comment his words at half time was, you know. Nick Pope could have, you know, changed the game with that save because Odegaard scores right before halftime. Newcastle go in deflated, and um, you know now their tails are up because I mean, that was the last I think opportunity or, or talking point of the half, and you know you could see Odegaard's anguish on his face, and when he walked off the field, you know you felt that he, he he let the team down there. Yeah, so we switch our attention now to second half. Excuse <coughs> me. Uh, Newcastle get the game uh, restarted. Then 48th minute, Murphy again gets down the touchline, gets in a uh, in a in open space in the, on the pitch on the right flank, gets across in. Then Isaac ends up darting in between the Arsenal defence and he hits straight against the post. And I mean, it, it smacks with the post and Arsenal given a quick wake up slap. Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, no, here we go again because. To be honest with you, I don't know you felt, but you knew what happened to happen. I think if Newcastle had to get the equaliser, that game, I think, you know, that, that crowd kind of just explodes and Arsenal have a, a, a mountain to deal with. So, you know, that cannoning of the post, I was like grateful for that. And I said, come on, guys, wake up. And then from that ensuing quarter again, uh, that Fabian Shear ends up powering a header at the Arsenal goal. Ramsdale makes a fantastic reaction save to keep the score still at 1-0. But, I mean, surely Arsenal need to really start tight, tightening up at the back. Yeah, I know. It was too loose. It was too loose. I think Zinchenko was also, you know, battling yeah. on that side. I think th- this is also, I think, after, I think it could be also after that moment where you could actually see Jorginho almost like stepping to his own in that match because... All of a sudden, he was like dragging and milking free kicks from the yeah. ref, slowing it, almost like really disrupting it. And I mean, you could see the the, the crowd was getting more agitated. The uh, Newcastle players were now even getting frustrated because we had that cool and calm uh, feel to them in that first half. Now everything seemed nice because they were like trying to ping the ball. And in most of the time, they were like pinging the ball straight out into play. 
Yeah, and then and then Jorginho also was that guy that just clips in and to get the ball in the ball and then he just slows it down, you know, plays the pass, you know, the rushing things. And I think it's a kind of aspect we've missed in that Liverpool game in the West Ham game, you know, when we we had that two one lead still even. Just that that, that 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 person to just, you know, put their foot on the ball and, and like you said, you know, that Italian way of playing where they just slow the game down completely. And I mean, I think what I also admired of him in the game, and I mean, you almost like you you uh, appreciated more, you know, post-match, where you could actually see, look, he knew he's not going to, if, if any counter-attacks break with with Newcastle, he's not going to really catch up to anybody. So all he did was play more deeper role and also do the slowing down from there, from from deep in our uh, midfield, in our defensive midfield position. So he knew exactly what he was doing to, to you know, it was like the Leo them into a false sense of security and then those like spring to attack. So, I mean, it was good to watch. Um, 57 minutes, Jesus ends up getting the ball wide to Martinelli. The youngster ends up getting into the uh, Newcastle box. Ends up getting a curl. Uh, Pope is beaten and the ball ends up landing on the top of the crossbar. Yeah, and no, I thought this guy, you know, this dipping very nicely. But just, if you were like a few millimeters back, I'm sure that ball would have, you know, dipped into the, the back of the net. Then 59th minute, one of probably the key, key moments for me personally in the match. Newcastle go on a lightning fast counter-attack um, with, I think, Willow leading the attack also. Uh, and all of a sudden, you just see Xhaka who's making like a 60-yard dash. And I mean, he ends up as uh, Willow is about to pull the trigger. I mean, Xhaka makes probably one of the tackles of the season to deny the ex-Arsenal man. Yeah, I know. It seems like Willow had a vendetta against trying to crash Arsenal's hopes, but you know, what a tackle by Xhaka. And I must say, you know, a Xhaka of two, three seasons back probably would have clattered into Willock and given away a penalty. But, you know, he was cool and calm and that, like, he almost took the, the like, the commenter said, like, that he used the, the sleekness of the pitch, diving, like, a few centimetres before and then just almost sliding into that shot. That was, you know, brilliant defending by him. I mean, even I just talked about your very words I had in my notes here that, I mean, brilliant, brilliant tackle, the way he just did it, based on the timing. Um, then, 61st minute, Sunchenko, I think he made also one error too many. He gets hauled off, Tierney comes on. And I mean, for me, I kind of felt, you know, just that bit more confident with, with Tierney. Yeah. Because, you know, having yeah, something well. in Then, 69th minute, Jesus has a shot at goal. Pope ends up palming the ball behind. Um, 71st minute, Martinelli ends up ghosting down the wing. On a fast Arsenal counter, he ends up cutting into the area, blasts the ball across the six-yard box, and Fabian Shea ends up sticking a leg out, and the ball goes past Pope. Arsenal go 2-0 up with the own goal. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock for me, because I didn't even realize the ball was in the net until it was in the net. And I was celebrating. Like, I never thought the goal was coming from it. And, you know, this goal I kind of celebrated, because, you know, I knew what it meant. Yeah. It's just... Just you know, the Chelsea game, I felt a bit you know dead after all these things. But you know, this goal, I knew what it kind of meant to us. And you know, you kind of take the you take that goal two 0 against a very good Newcastle side. who's only lost to City last season and Liverpool this season at at, at St James's Park. So to be two 0 up at this point for me, you know, it's brilliant. And like you said, with Kieran Tierney coming in at left back as well. You know, massive change. You know, these are the things you look back at and, and ask yourself, you know, Ateta, you know, why didn't you do this against Liverpool when you saw that um, yeah, we, yeah. we were trying to hold on to something? You know, take, take, put Tierney on. Yeah. And I mean, I think also what, what, what kind of warmed the heart of it was like, 
when you see the Newcastle players all sprawled on the ground, because I think they also knew, you know, that is probably it now for them for the, for this match now in, in general. Because I think it took also a lot out of them, because I mean, some of them were doing like lung busting runs to try to track back to catch Martinelli. And, that, and I mean, they also know if Shea didn't stick his foot out, Odegaard was there for the tapping. Yeah, I know. So it's caught in a kind of a rock and a hard place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So 80th minute, also make a double change. Odegaard and Martinelli coming off. Party and Trossard coming on. And then I think seven minutes later, also Jesus, Saka coming off, and Ketia and Nelson coming on. Then 89th minute, Shea ends up with a volley at goal, almost like out of nothing. Cause Ramsdale, some panic, but I mean, he also like was fully in control of the situation. Then 92nd minute, uh, Sir Maximum ends up uh, getting a shot off. Ramsdale ends up making a fantastic fingertip save to keep his clean sheet. And Arsenal end up holding on for the three points. Yeah, brilliant three points for the Gunners. And I also think, you know, game management was done very well here. Yeah? And you kind That's... of have to look back and say, like, you know, we we always this a few games back. I mean, not even the City game. You know, we had Southampton, we had, um, we had um, West Ham, even Liverpool. I mean... First of all, that Kivio, I don't know what Arteta was hiding him for because the guy seemed like seemed like a beast at the back. I mean, yeah, he's not playing with his right foot. But, I mean, was that Arteta being stuck in his ways trying to, you know, have to have a right-footed centre-back on the right-hand side because Kivio seems cooler on the ball. He seems stronger. He seems faster. Yeah. He just seems like a more complete player than Rob Holding. And I think we missed a trick there. And then... You know, when he took Odegaard off against Newcastle, it was nice to see a midfield of Party, Xhaka and Jorginho. It's almost like a, a three guys you can really bolster a midfield with. Yeah. But I mean, like, what you now mentioned with, with regards to, um, like with Odegaard also, I think sometimes there's also days you must, you know, almost like choose your battles in that sense. And then, okay, just to jump back to what you said with, with <coughs> excuse me, with Kivio. I think what, what, Almost like really is a big, big positive to him. It's like remember when I always told you we need a ball playing centre back. He can, you can actually see he's he's not like Rob Holding who panics and then just hacks the ball or plays the yeah. back. You can actually see him like glide through, like almost like a bit like Saliba where Saliba see nobody's gonna tackle him. He starts making up the space, he eats up the space going forward, and then he's will play a through ball. And this guy also knows how, how to wait the pass as well when he plays it. Yeah, so I don't understand like where the hesitation came in of, of, of loyalty to holding or, or what was it because you kind of wonder if you had to play in, you know, even going back to the Hampton game or West Ham game, I mean, even Liverpool game with maybe, you know, a freak, you know, maybe we just thought we were good enough on the day or whatever. But, you know, you learn from that and you've seen Kivio in and, you, and, and even like a Tierney with Arsenal. I mean, I know we want to play a certain way and I know we try to, you know, Man City can do it where they will play, but they also know when to go defensively sound. Like, if you see a game, he's, he's also going to go on the back foot. You bring Kieran Tierney on, you bring, even at some point in the game, like, you have that party, Jorginho and Xhaka midfield kind of together. They're just a kind of a solid rock, and you just play almost on the counter until the end of the game. And I think that's a, that's a good thing to use, you know, especially in tougher way days when you're trying to, you know, just get yourself to a point in the game and then, you know, kick on from there. So now we have, <coughs> we brought it not to, excuse me, Arsenal was brighter on Sunday. Um, second with seventh in uh, what always has been a tough affair when the Seagulls come to visit. 
Um, Bright, you know, Brighton, Brighton do have some serious danger men. But I mean, for me, the, the standouts are that McAllister, March, and Mitoma. I mean, I think we're just lucky that Sorry, March now injured himself the other day in that Everton defeat. I mean, even that the result surprised me of them losing 5 1 at home to Everton. And then, I mean, with the goals, McAllister again, key player, the 10 goals for him. Pascal Gross, 8, and then Matoma was 7. And I mean, I think Matoma's going to give whoever's going to be fullback on the day another uh, job on, on the weekend. Yeah, no, he's, he's a very good player. And I really, I really like him. I mean, but, uh, you know, Brighton have, have really, you know, this is not going to beat them. But, you know, they've really had the upper hand against us, you know, the Emirates' past pictures. I mean, the League Cup. Yeah, they knocked us out quite comfortably with a 3-1 win. And then last season, you know, they kind of dented our hopes with a with a top four, with a 2-1 win at the Emirates as well. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be a, a bit of a tricky affair against these guys, even though they got smashed by Everton uncharacteristically before our game. So, you know, it's Brighton's never an easy game, especially at the... When, regardless when we play them I think um, this was the first time where we coasted past them but 4-2 victory at the Amex I mean prior to that you know it doesn't mean a happy hunting ground for us either so them coming to the Emirates I think we need to lay a marker and let's hope with more of the Chelsea performance that we we have versus the one we had against Southampton or you know where we concede early like I mean like my take is when you when you take on Brighton you have to take them almost like in the face like we did at at their ground, at the Amex, because I think if you're going to just sit back and then they're going to start walking over you, but the, I think they were also so surprised. It's a bit like that the, the way we played at that Fulham game also, because I think it was like caught Fulham with their pants, uh, pants down also. And I think now, the way we took on that game earlier in the season against Brighton, it was something similar where they didn't even know what hit them. Also, the same way that we took on uh, Brentford and Bournemouth, they were totally, you know, caught napping in a way, because... The next week, that sort of fast start, and I think that is where you can hurt teams like Brentford or, uh, or Brighton. No, you have to start fast. You can't like get even like you know to 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 get the feel of the game, get everybody get the touch of the ball, and 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 so it's kind of gonna have to you know, be one of those fast starts. And and yeah, I think um, you know our home games against Brighton. I think we've out of the last four, we could have won one because I know we lost. In 2019, we lost 2-1. Yeah. Then we, okay, we beat it 2-0 in 2021. And then last year, we lost 2-1. And we lost in the League Cup 3-1. So, you know, it's not going to be an easy game. And I think, you know, once again, not on the line. And I don't know. Who knows? I think for me, I don't know what your thoughts are on this. It's kind of like a talking point blended into this Brighton kind of game. Is that... You know, this is for me like kind of the last game week here where I'm kind of, I don't know if, if, if there's another game week where, you know, the tolerance of City to drop points is, is going to be there because, you know, everything away from home after playing a tough game against Madrid, I think, you know, the, the, this this for me is the, the, the big one because, you know, you, I don't see them dropping points. I think next week they, they're at the Etihad and they play Brighton and Brentford away. So, you know, I'm hoping that you, you don't want City to, to have to do the drop two games in a row. I'm hoping, like, you know, they drop points now against Everton and then somewhere along the line in the next three games. I think Chelsea, um, Chelsea and, and, and City, 
And I, I don't think Chelsea have it in them to do any upset. Brighton and, and, and Brentford, I do. But I do think this Everton game, I think, is a very pivotal one for, for, for me personally. I don't know what your game is. Like, you know, a tipping point where you feel like, you know, I think I think it's a bit too far gone. Not that I'm saying we're going to win the league, but you look at certain games and say, you know, maybe this is where City might drop points. And I'm thinking, you know, a struggling Everton side, you know, fighting for their lives. A, a City side that's just come from Madrid that, you know, were, were in a proper game. Now I have to play against the Everton side who have it all to play for. I mean, I just hope that, you know, Sean Dice, I mean, the only thing I can really hope for that Sean Dice is now, you know, fired them enough up to, to you know, give them a game or make it, or even look, even if they should, say, scrape the win, but <clears throat> where they will get people, like, you know, push to such sort of physical uh, limits that it's going to even make them rethink how they're going to take on Madrid next week. So that's actually what I want. I mean, look, all we can do is just see that we keep on winning those next three games. That's it. There's no ifs and buts now with that. But other than that, it's also like having to ride our luck to see how City fares, you know, said with their remaining games. But as I said, I just hope the teams that they face will also now give them a sort of issue the same way they gave us as a, like an issue. Yeah, yeah. For me, for me, Everton, like, you know, that for me you know, was three points. I, I still regret dropping that Everton game. But, you know, I'm hoping that they're going to come with that same power. The, the, the crowd is going to be rocking because, like you say, you know, City now have one eye on Madrid because they can taste it. They can okay. taste it because I think they can, they know that, you know, a final against, you know, whatever Milan club they get, they feel that they can win it. And, you know, let's face it, I mean, you and I on paper, if you see the Champions League final, Inter Milan or AC Milan versus um, Man City, you know, you kind of already have that feeling that they have one hand on the trophy. But if if they start having to, you know, they, they, so their minds might think, you know, my mind is there for the Champions League fi- um, final. And, you know, once, you know, they, they even drop a point against Everton. They're two points, drop two points against Everton. It's almost now they beat Real Madrid. Now their heads are thinking of the Champions League final. You know, they're thinking like Kevin De Bruyne wants to win it. Yeah. All these guys want to win it. So you just slip a seed of doubt in their head before they get there because you know who knows? Maybe Brentford and Ivan Tony gives them a, a run, or or Brighton, or even Chelsea wants to you know redeem themselves somehow and you know go not go out with a whimper. So. There are games for them to be got at. It's just, you know, will the teams turn up? Because, like you said, teams turned up against Arsenal. You know, West Ham turned up. Um, um, Southampton turned up. It, it, it wasn't easy games. And, you know, Premier League isn't easy. But, I mean, you know, sometimes, you know, back in the day, we always used to complain that, you know, why is it when the teams play Arsenal, they, like, raise the game, but then they play United and they used to just fold, like, 3-4-0. Like, you know, before the 60th minute. And I mean, like, you know, something's been, of course, this is now, you know, desperate times calls to des- desperate measures or desperate thoughts, I think. Yeah. Um, I think uh, was also just, I mean, just uh, hypothetically speaking, now, just imagine they have had sort of season like we had, was it 90, 97, 98 or so, or the, some year after that, where Arsenal end up in the space of seven or 10 days, they end up getting. Knocked out of the Champions League, knocked out of uh, the League Cup, and then knocked out of the title race. And I just wonder if, if a wobble, like, you know what, you know, said, if, if Everton can 
put your like a span in the works, if they can maybe give them a wobble where uh, that, uh, they don't look so confident in the Champions League or they don't look so confident against the Man United in the FA Cup final eventually. And how do you even affect them uh, in, the, in the remaining Premier League games? Yeah, no, I agree with you 100% because you must think it's a football is also like a mental thing as well. And right now, you know, they haven't really had a blip. They've just been flying high, maybe flying high. And, you know, maybe they, they like you said, desperate times calls for desperate, you know, thoughts or whatever. But, like, maybe they, they go out and do the clean sweep. But also, like you say, maybe Everton comes with a with a, a 90th minute, you know, whether it be an equaliser or a 90th minute winner or, like, you know, something that kind of rocks them. And suddenly you're playing against a Real Madrid side now at the, at the Etihad. Who's gonna take you? You know they're gonna take you the full, the full ninety or even the full one twenty. You don't know. You know the Wagles rule counts kind of in our favor as you know the the neutral now that there's nothing. So that game could take him to the full nine twenty, one twenty. You know maybe they win, maybe they get knocked out. Either way, they could be you know fatigued physically and having to take on a Chelsea side and then a Brighton side. You know and then Brentford. Or they could be so mentally messed up from dropping the points. I get Everton getting knocked out of the Champions League and thinking, you know, could Paul Merton even said, if Man City don't win the Champions League this season, they're probably never going to win it. You know, maybe that's a bit far-fetched, but, you know, it is in their hands probably now. They, I don't think they've been in a better space to win the Champions League. So you get knocked out of the Champions League, you lose to Everton, and now suddenly you have to pick yourself up against the Chelsea side who kind of want to redeem themselves somehow. Or a Brighton side, I know they still can make it into Europe somehow. And then Brentford, you know, Brentford, they just don't take any prisoners at home. So, you know, you, you it's it's still a long way of games of City to play. I mean, you know, either way, they're going to have their legs up, could run out, and hopefully it doesn't run out for the FA Cup final, you know, and they kind of let United win another trophy and... Um, and 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 shaft us and win the Champions League. I just hope that you know they, they they drop points in the Premier League and you know who knows how we could be talking next week. And I think they play the Champions League game and then Chelsea. So you know, fingers crossed. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't have any more other talking points. If you have anything else, um... no, I'm, I'm I'm all good. Okay. So, guys, hope you enjoy, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Hopefully, we can bag three points against the Seagulls. Come on, you Gunners. Let's go, Gunners. Let's get the three points. Okay.